This is the Key to Authority Podcast, episode number 35. Welcome to the Key to Authority Podcast, where it is all about helping you unlock the secrets of becoming the go-to expert in your industry. And here is your host, Jenish Pandya. When it comes to branding, it is really important that you realize the value behind it. You realize how important it is, and you realize how powerful it is when you have a real brand behind you. You have to create it and you have to evolve it and you have to make sure that it conveys the message that you want it to. And creating such a brand doesn't happen overnight. It takes time and effort. In our podcast, we've had quite a few guests talk about branding, be it online, be it offline, be it personal brand, and a lot more. And you can have a look at those episodes in the show notes. I'll link them down. But we haven't had anyone talk about how to protect the brand value. Because when you go about creating a brand, you're not only creating a brand that is valuable, but it is also sellable if you want to sell your business, if that's what your end game is. So how do you go about protecting that brand and the value you have created on it to help you sell it or to help you protect it from the people who want to try to steal it from you? So in today's interview, I've invited along Kate Hammer. Kate is a principal lawyer and trademarks attorney. She has worked with top-tier law firms, SMEs, government agencies, and large corporates across a broad range of commercial and IP law services. She also has a broad-ranging competency in all aspects of legal services, including intellectual property law, brand protection, commercial and business transactions, and a heap more. But before we get into what Kate has to share with us in regards to protecting your brand value, I'd like to take a moment and thank today's sponsor, GetResponse. GetResponse has been really helpful to me in communicating my message with my subscribers and building new subscribers. They are an autoresponder company that understands the value of building a brand as well as understanding how you can go about building a relationship. The best part of get response is that they have a 24 7 live chat support that helps you answer questions and it makes it easy for you if you're stuck in any issues and they also have some of the easiest drag and drop editors that make it easy for the non-tech savvy people so if you want to give get response a shot go to keytoauthority.com slash get response to start your 30-day free trial now here is kate hammer Hey, Kate, welcome to the Key to Authority podcast. Uh, Clara Whitelaw-Brown mentioned in her episode afterwards that uh, you're a person to talk to and you're the first lawyer I'm getting on the show. So, And obviously, someone from Interstate, the first person on Interstate. So I'm looking forward to this. And obviously, thanks for the, spending the time. I know the time difference is a bit hectic, but welcome to the show. Great. Thanks, mate. I'm looking forward to it. So, Kate, tell us a little bit more about what you do and what why you do in terms of the law side of things? Yeah, sure. I guess formally I'm a a lawyer, an intellectual property lawyer, and I'm also a registered trademarks attorney. And essentially what that means is that I specialize in practicing with intellectual property, which is all the assets of a business that you know you can't necessarily see or touch, but you know the more intangible asset, which I'm really passionate about, I guess, because they really are the drivers for innovation and creativity. And I 
being a lawyer and not necessarily being overly creative myself, find it very admirable that my clients do that sort of work. And I really think that it's a, an area that is going to go through a significant amount of growth with the way that we're moving the technology in the digital world. But in terms of how I got here and why, I actually started years ago doing a psychology and criminology degree of all things and ended up, one, I always wanted to be in the police force. And right near the end of my degree, I ended up taking a corporate job with a large construction and mining company and they were so good to me there that there really wasn't any incentive for me to leave. They were very passionate about innovation. Um, They're a very progressive company at the time and they had some amazing mentors. So I ended up foregoing my dream of becoming a police officer and started working within the commercial group for, for this construction company. And, and within that group, we also used to look after the um, legal and contracts group. And through that, I guess I just became interested in law and I could see that whilst they wanted me to progress into management roles without having some kind of relevant technical skill, um, I was always going to be slightly limited. So I became really interested in legal studies and went back to university and started studying law and then decided that I loved it so much that um, I would do it full time. So I actually left, decided to leave that job and I moved down, this is um, all in Brisbane, by the way, and then I moved down to Newcastle and started practicing um, down there when I finished my degree. And I worked for a boutique law firm down there and got really great commercial experience across a whole lot of different areas and even had a few stints in family law and criminal law. But the whole time, my passion, I think, and interest was really intellectual property and I built up a small practice for them there and um, decided that that's where I wanted to specialize. So I ended up taking a job with a top-tier firm back in Brisbane and worked for them for a few years. And then my my partner, he um, was transferred down to Melbourne and we love Melbourne. So I um, worked remotely for my law firm for a little while and then realised that it was probably time to just spread my rings and, and go out on my own. And I think deep down working for myself or setting up businesses is something that I've always been really interested in and quite passionate about. I always had lots of ideas and working for a, a very large traditional and conservative law and can be quite suffocating for anyone who likes to kind of think outside the box a little bit. So for me, I felt, yeah, just a little bit suffocated in that, in that corporate environment after doing, working in it for about 10 years. And so I took a leap of faith and decided to set up my own practice about 12 months ago and um, haven't looked back since. It's been fantastic. It's What it's made me realise is that we are all capable of doing anything that we want to do and it's just a matter of being determined and persevering with it. And um, I've met amazing people since I've been doing this job and I can't ever imagine going back and working for someone else. So that's brought me to this role. And, and I think working in the corporate environment, I could see that working with very large government organisations and very large ASX-listed companies, they all have the resources and they all have the sophistication that a lot of a lot of individual you know, micro businesses, small businesses, um, sole traders don't have access to, and it always kind of made me feel a bit disappointed that I really couldn't help people that really needed my services more than anyone because they simply couldn't afford them. So by going out as a specialist, I've sort of created a, a unique niche in the Melbourne area as well as getting work. I work for clients um, all over Australia as well as internationally and they're able to, I'm able to help small businesses now and individuals, um, sole traders to protect their brands and to work with them and to educate them on it. So I feel like I'm really getting a lot back out of this new venture that I'm on and yeah, I love it. So 
um, that's why I am where I am now. Cool. And that's a really interesting story in regards to where obviously started from that job to now becoming a lawyer for a firm and then obviously coming into in terms of helping out people. And I think of from the chats I've had to quite a few people, they've had that kind of an interesting career and it's but constantly moving and constantly developing and obviously striving to help people is a value that I've seen in most of the interviews and it's really, really great that people like you can come on the show and share that knowledge with us. So Kate, in regards to people talk a lot about branding and you have to brand your business, you have to brand what you do, you have to create a brand around it, brand personas and a lot of things along those lines and obviously you have to focus on. But coming into the commercial side of things as we're talking about the IP and the law and protection of that sort of information. So what is the key to protecting your brand value? Okay, so the key to protecting your brand value in in a nutshell is to develop a sensible strategy that takes into account your business goals and and really provides you with insurance for the sustainability of your business. Because I guess, you know, in understanding your brand value um, you need to really first think about what the brand is. And I think for a lot of small businesses and a lot of sole traders who I work for as well, they're extremely passionate about the brand that they've developed. They, For them, it, they have a personal attachment to it. And the reality is that your business brand is essentially your personality and reputation of your business. It's an extension of yourself and it really embodies your promise to the customer. So... It tells them what they can expect when they are purchasing your products or your services. And it um, also conveys, I think, how you want to be perceived. So in my view, a brand really is the guts of the business and it really is what will distinguish your products and service offerings from your competitors. So it's really important that in order to maintain that um, unique persona in the marketplace and to be to be able to be easily distinguished and recognized by your customers and of course to also really protect the reputation and the goodwill of your business you need to actually think about implementing some strategies to to protect that so that you can actually have a more sustainable business and the other important thing that i think a lot of people don't realize is that your brand will more often than not, if protect correctly, be the most valuable asset of your business and it's far more valuable than any bricks and mortar that you have in your business. I've had clients that have had that I've worked with to develop brands in the past and to protect them for them through things like tra- through ways like trademark registration and they've actually had issues with their business themselves and it's been, you know, not making enough money or they've had disputes between the partners or, you know, all those horrible things that we hope never happens to us and they've had to go and sell the business and it hasn't actually been bringing in any revenue but because they invested in protecting their brand and they actually took all the right steps to do so, they're actually able to still make a profit when they sell the business because they're able to sell that trademark itself as well as the associated intellectual property rights. So they are actually asset for your business and they will only continue to grow. So unlike most bricks and mortar, they don't appreciate, they will continue to appreciate as long as you protect the integrity of your brand and, and continue to invest in it. So in regards to protecting the brand, as you mentioned, that obviously it becomes an asset and it increases in value and sort of things. So how does, like, if you could give me an example in regards to what you've worked, I guess, with your client or something where... They've needed brand protection and the reasons for it and how to go about going because obviously I guess it involves getting a lawyer of some sort 
or could you do it yourself? Because quite a few people who are listening to this might not, might, the, this topic might be foreign to them. The speakers and coaches, they create a lot of intellectual property, but they never go about protecting it. So how to, how to go about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think these days, thankfully with the online world, it is fairly easy to go and take steps to try and protect your brand yourself. But um, what I always say is that it's easy to do it, but it's not easy to do it well. And I'm a big advocate of, you know, do it right, do it right, pay for it once. And I've had a few, <laughs> and um, I've had a few people in the past who, you know, had an interest in protecting their brand, but not really ever understood what the value of investing in that process was. And probably just not, you know, it's, it's something that, um, a lot of small businesses think is only relevant to larger corporations. So I have a lot of clients who say, well, you know, what's the point? I'm only a small business and, you know, well, there's a few important reasons for why you need to do it, particularly if you are a small business or a sole trader. And the first thing is that if you do protect your brand, if you do take steps and protect your brand, and one of those steps is trademark registration, which I can explain a little bit more in a moment, then you actually create, not only do you create an asset, which we were talking about for your business, but you also create a defense under legislation, so under law, against trademark infringement. So one of the biggest fears that a lot of my clients have is that they might be infringing on somebody else's rights. Somebody another business that might be better resourced and in a position to take action against them. And when you've invested so much into your into creating your brand and then creating all the collateral around your brand, your corporate stationery, your signage, your online material, you know, your website, that sort of thing, the last thing you want to have to deal with six months down the track after you've launched to market is to receive a cease and desist notice and then have to go through a very embarrassing process of rebranding, which is also obviously very costly. So from that perspective, I think it's it's really important, at least from a risk mitigation perspective, to invest in what is actually quite a cost-effective process of brand protection, which is trademark registration. The other important thing about um, protecting your brand um, and creating that asset is that it gives you options for your business. So it's very easy, I think, when we're small businesses to only imagine ourselves as a small business forever or to essentially just be an employee for ourselves. But if we want to be able to retire one day or we want to be able to have some options for the future, then creating a really good brand that is strong and unique and distinctive and then taking steps to protect it properly will enhance its value and give you options for succession planning. So if you want to be able to one day sell your business, then you need to have a really strong brand and not only have a strong brand but have rights in place to to be able to sell because that's really where the value in your brand comes, particularly if you are, for example, a business coach. And I work with lots of clients who are coaches and I, I think one thing is it's a very common trend these days to do personal branding and whilst I think that definitely has place, the problem with personal branding is that if you do ever want to create value in your business that you can actually one day sell, then people aren't going to be interested in purchasing your, your personal brand. So if you can, I mean, you can still have a personal brand within a business, but if you are able to create a business brand that is really unique, distinctive, and doesn't directly describe what your goods and services are, then it's going to become a very valuable asset for your business that people will be actually interested in purchasing because there'll be a strong reputation behind that brand. Whereas if you're you know, relying on sort of operating under your own personal name, then you know, as I said, people aren't really going to want to purchase that and it's not going to be able to be registrable. So probably 
I guess I need to talk to you a little bit about trademark registration and what that involves. So I guess trademark registration is one form of brand protection. And for, you know, my view is that, um, as a general rule, that a trademark registration is the most cost effective way for any business of any size to protect its brand. And it's the only intellectual property right that can live forever as long as you continue to renew it. So every other intellectual property right expires after a period of time. So it's, it's quite a valuable asset and, um, it really involves, um, not just sort of running off and applying for a trademark with the trademarks office, um, which many people probably know as IP Australia. It's really about thinking very strategically about all the different elements of your brand. So a brand is not just the logo and it's not just your business name. It's actually a whole lot of different things. It could be, it could be the, you know, your brand name in its own right. It could be an image that you use and that people recognize your products from or services. It could be, um, the particular layout and style of, of your branding. And that could be even product packaging. There's a whole heap of, and, and even colors can be trademarks. So there's really no limit to what, to what can be registered as a trademark. And you need to think about what elements within your brand are really key and, and unique to your, your business and that are going to derive the most value. So I think the biggest fallacy, and I sort of raise this again, is that a lot of people, if they do go and actually register a trademark, then they only go and register it as a logo, which will often be their business name or their brand name, as well as maybe, you know, it might be in a stylized format or it might be with an image. And that's not always the best option for businesses. So it's, so, um, I guess it's just really important that you really start to think about the different, each different element of your brand and how you can derive the most value out of your business by protecting those elements. And I guess, you know, it's probably, it probably is smart move to look at budgeting when you're starting a business for professional legal services or a trademarks attorney so that you can actually get that kind of advice and, and get a little bit of an understanding of what you can and can't register as a, as a trademark. And I think it's really important that um, people seriously consider investing in getting some professional advice, whether it be from a trademarks attorney or from um, an intellectual property lawyer who specializes in trademarks law or brand protection, because they're going to be able to tell you what you can and can't protect. Um, they're going to tell you if your brand is not in good shape, um, if there's going to be any potential risk of infringement out there and put you in a position so that you can actually make informed decisions. And it's not necessarily that you're going to have to go out and register a whole heap of trademarks or rebrand and spend a whole lot of money. It's more about just having that knowledge and understanding and getting professional advice so that you can actually make, you know, informed decisions and calculated risks for your business. And the other thing is that I find that a lot of the times I have clients who come to see me and they've perhaps in the past attempted to register their trademark themselves and then they've come come across issues. But the worst thing is that they didn't know how to deal with the issues. So they've either allowed that trademark to lapse after spending expire, after spending all this money on trying to protect it. You know, I had one client just recently who came in and um, she had been continuing to pay extension fees of $100 every month to keep this trademark application alive and she had no idea how to deal with the issues. <laughs> so my understanding is from the IP office is that one third of trademark applications are rejected and I think that's a really huge number 
And I think that is because there is, it's so easy these days to go on and do it yourself, but it's really not that easy to do it well. And I think a lot of people go out there to, to try and do the right thing and protect their brand and register a trademark. And, um, they haven't done the appropriate searches or developed a proper brand strategy. And as a result, they've come across issues and, and this, this poor girl now has spent because of all those extension fees as well, she's probably spent about $1,500 on her application that has given her nothing. And um, now she's got to come and see me and we've got to apply for it all over again. And then <laughs> and then she's got to pay for my fees. So, you know, it's better to do these things up front, I think, than to kind of try and pay for it later. I find if you do it up front, you're paying about a third of what the legal fees would be to get it fixed. <laughs> yeah, and, and those are the things why I guess you need a lawyer and obviously it pays to be informed, but then obviously trying to do things yourself is a bit of a challenge. So, Kate, uh, I love those topics and in terms of how it went in regards to the personal brand versus the company brand and how one is sellable and one's not. And obviously understanding and developing a strategy around trademarks because the people forget about this kind of things and it's people like yourself who can help them up. So what is the key action that they can take to go about protecting their brand value and also quickly, how can they get in touch with you? Yes. Okay. So I think the, the action that I like them, people, listeners to take away is to really start thinking about your brand objectively. Remove the emotional attachment to it. Think about how distinctive it is and what your customers, how you, how you believe your customers view it. And then start thinking about it in light of your business goals and developing a protection strategy. So I think rather than setting out a whole lot of questions related to that action, I've actually got a, a free small business guide to brand protection, which is quite useful for businesses really of any size. Um, and it sets out all of these sort of, it, it talks in a lot more detail about what I, some of the issues I've talked about tonight and goes in a lot, lot further into different strategies for brand protection, but it also has some practical exercises in it so that you can actually start to identify, learn how to identify elements of your brand and then to also um, start thinking about how you can take steps to protect it. So I definitely suggest that that might be a good resource that you can jump onto my website and get um, a copy of free. And what's the website? Yes, the website is www.ethicate.com.au. Cool. I'll put down that link and really appreciate you spending time. As I mentioned, you're over in Melbourne. I'm here in Perth and it's a bit of a time difference, but really appreciate it. And thanks for sharing such knowledge uh, from a lawyer's perspective over brand protection. Thanks a lot, Kate. Great. No worries. Thanks so much. In the chat with Kate, it was quite interesting to find out that not many people consider brand protection as key and protecting the value behind the brand because it's an always an afterthought. But having that understanding and having that brand protection strategy in place would help you long way down the track when your business goes gangbusters. So make sure you start looking into these things before it's too late. Today's action for you is to start thinking about your brand objectively and work on a brand protection strategy. To develop this strategy, grab a copy of Kate's ebook from her website and go through it to help answer those questions and then find more details about what exactly is a brand protection strategy. So make sure you check out ethicate.com.au. 
And to get all the details and links talked about in today's show, go to keytoauthority.com slash EP035 for the show notes. Till next time, keep developing and protecting your brand value. Thank you so much for listening to the Key to Authority podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share at www.keytoauthority.com. We'll see you next time.